Welcome to Wheels, Deals, and Meals, where we talk all things good food, good business, and good cars. And now, here is your host, Arnold Gasita, founder and CEO of Petra Automotive Products. Let's roll. Man, I'm excited about today's show. We have a very good friend of mine, David Boyle, on the show. Very successful individual, entrepreneur, lots of different businesses, past, present, and and future. Um, And so, as you know, we do this show where we interview successful peoples throughout the world at their favorite restaurants. When we talked to David about interviewing him, he said, look, I love to cook. It's a way for me to de-stress. So why don't you come to my house and... I'll cook. So this is like our first cooking show. David, thanks for being on the show, Good brother. Good to be here, buddy. Good to see you. Love you, brother. You too. I you think too. actually what I said was I'm my favorite cook, so you might as well just come here and eat my food. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. But I like, I mean, I love cooking too. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know about you, but when I cook, my mind doesn't think about anything else but what I'm doing. And that helps me because other than that, my mind's always on. And I know you're very similar. I, you know, I have a lot of hobbies to take my my mind off of the business world. I love to cook, as you mentioned. I love to work on cars. I've got a couple of old cars, as you know, that I'm restoring. Uh, I play music. I've got I have a lot of things that I love to do, but this is the thing I love the most. Everybody asked me, where did you learn to cook from? And that uh, was from my mom. You know, my mom was one of those, people used to say that was her love language. I mean, if you came to the house, you had to eat. If, even if you'd eaten 10 minutes before you got there, you had to eat. Probably why. You're sure you're not Latin? Probably why. No, no. Irish, of all Irish? things. Okay. But we like to eat, too. You know, it's you not know. just you guys. And drink a little. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Latin, I got a surprise for you tonight. So this is a salad I make all the time for my okay. family. I'm going to make it for you tonight. I hope you don't hate it. Um, I'm not. This is my take I on do kind of hate this. The Dallas Cowboy. <laughs> Get a good call oh, up of that. You know, all so my all buddies in Houston, Texas, Houston, and Houston are like, all I cannot believe Houston, you, you were the uh, bourbon one. And I'm over here with the uh, Dallas Cowboys yes. one, but... Well, I'm not a Cowboy fan either, so I'm not surprised that was in my house, to be honest with you. I don't well, know that according to your wife, my, my choice, my choice my was this or Cowboy. Wonder Woman. Yes, that is true. So. I was going to wear the Wonder Woman one, but you told me I couldn't. So. Anyway, uh, I'm going to start putting this salad together for us, and then I've got a little appetizer, so we'll come back to this in a minute. But um, this is my take on a... Well, you'll tell me if it's traditional Cuban salad. Um, this was a Cuban salad that was served to me years ago. I make it all the time for my family. I spin it up a little bit, but it's the traditional avocado, cucumber, red onion salad that is very, very much so in in the Hispanic world. I kind of mix mine up a little bit. Um, I'd like you don't like raw onions, so I don't put raw onions on mine, but I I actually make my own pickled red onions, which I've got some of those I'm gonna put on top of the salad. Uh, tonight, but I'm gonna let's just start prepping Listen, this. And I'm gonna I'm try gonna... anything you'd give me, whether I like I it or you not. Are. I, you told me you would. Well, actually, you told me you told me you don't you wouldn't try it if it had mayonnaise in it. So, and I, you and I got to have a conversation about that because I don't know how anybody. I mean, mayonnaise is a staple. Isn't it? I'm, I'm Cuban. Most Cubans don't like mayonnaise. That's why we put mustard in our sandwiches. We're like oh, Texans. No, we like still... mustard in our burger and mustard in our sandwich. I mean, it's it's I don't know. I can put mayonnaise on almost anything, to be honest with you, which is probably not healthy, but it's what I like. So Yeah, because we really look for we really look for health. Exactly. Yeah. When we go out to eat, we're really gonna be very uh we wanna make sure that we get the healthy menu. Exactly. So there's a couple of uh avocados in here. Whoops, I'm dropping things on the floor already. There's so avocados of, uh, and cucumbers. A couple of avocados in there, and you wanna get your avocados not whoops. For those, for those that cannot see this, I just dropped it is so beautiful and so green. 
very, very great. Um, you got to get your avocados a little bit hard. Like, don't you're not making guacamole, so you don't want them soft, right? You want yeah. something that you can chunk up uh, and whatnot. Now, are these and, are these the Mexican avocados, the smaller ones, or are these the Cuban type that are the bigger those ones? Those are the big ones. Okay. Yeah, those are the big ones. Now, the dressing for this is as simple as it gets. The whole thing. Now, one of the things I like to do to kind of... Um, you can put black beans in this. You can put whatever. I'm a big fan of sun-dried tomatoes, so I picked up some fresh sun-dried tomatoes the other day, so I'm going to toss some of these in there. That gives us some color, too. It's beautiful. Um, I mean, now it's orange and green. Yeah. Is that a football team or not? No. Uh, no. So, uh, dressing is simple. Some red wine vinegar, lots of it. Got to have some good vinegar on there. And some decent olive oil. Got to be the too expensive stuff, but just put a little olive oil in there. And then the best part, you got to get some good kosher salt. Lots of salt. Because of course, we know that's good for us too, right? Avocado, cucumber, sun-dried. Olive oil, vinegar, salt, salt and pepper, and pepper. Yeah. Fresh grounded. Fresh ground pepper. And the last thing I put on it again, because this this typically is served with onions, uh, but I don't like onions. But I actually make my own. This is the easiest thing to make. And you pickle it. Yeah, you oh, do yeah, it. It's so easy. Man. I mean, so what's easy? Tell me. It's a cup of vinegar, a half a cup of sugar, and some spices, and let it sit in a bowl for six, seven hours, and you've got pickled red onions. It's beautiful. Which gives I mean, you the added flavor. People should really go to the YouTube channel and watch this episode because this is a colorful episode. We eat this a couple times a week around here. Seriously. I mean, it's a couple times a week event for us. We, is uh, it part of getting old when we look at our wives to at, confirm dates? How long it Because, how long you know, it's like guys can't remember things anymore. So you're always looking up. Is it right? Uh, every month, every two months? Um, yes. How often do we do this? I would for, I, I, I won't tell you what I would forget to do if she didn't tell me sometimes. So. There's a comedian. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole different episode. Yeah, that's a whole different episode right there. <laughs> There's a comedian that says, you know you're getting old, but it takes four of you to remember one name. Exactly. So you sit, so you sit at a table of four people and you go, you remember that guy? Yeah, you know, he used to be in California. Um, he moved to Florida. What was his name? The other guy goes, well, I think he starts with the P. Yeah, it starts with the P. And then the other guy interjects. And it takes all four of you guys collectively to remember one name. That's when you know you're getting old. So I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, God. Is it a memory question? It is a memory question. <laughs> you got to tell me. You got to be honest with me. Okay. Right? So I've got 55 wonderful people that work for me at Traction. At least once a day, I have got to go to my email to remember somebody's name. It's not good, man. The mind, the first thing that goes. I'm like, <laughs> I should know everybody's name, but when you get to a certain number, it gets but I think right? I think you're just taking into account 54 people that work for you, which I get that because they're the closest to you. But I get easily four to 500 emails a day, oh, right? I wish e I only easily, got easily. Yeah. So it's hard to right. remember. You right. know, and, and you're and you're breathing through those emails because there's no way you can spend 15 minutes on an email, right? right. So you're breathing through, right? Do I need to answer right. this one? No. Right. Do I need to answer this one? No. Forward this one. This is I'm just copying. Why am I even on this email? Exactly. And you're just kind of going through it quickly. So exactly. I think that that clogs the memory drive every day. Four to five hundred. Well, something clogs the memory drive. Yeah. So I made this first because we gotta let this sit, right? Okay. Let the dressing kind of soak in there. So I'm just gonna put that over there for a second. All right. And I'm gonna make a little appetizer for you. Okay. So, and I'm full disclosure because we're we're recording live here. All right, I did not smoke this today, but I smoked this yesterday. Okay. In preparation for you coming. This. What was the, your Labor Day meal? This. Okay. This. 
Um, my wife was out of town and she was coming back and I knew that before she even had to ask, this is what she's gonna to want to eat for, for Labor Day yesterday. So I started making this, well, first of all, let me tell you what it is. So this is smoked sea bass, Chilean sea bass. I started making this, I don't know, five or six years ago, you know, as a whim. I love to smoke as you do. And I got my smoker out back and I've cold smoked salmon and stuff like that. And it's, it's nice. But, and I smoke any meat going, right? Game, game meat, whatever. But I, I really didn't smoke a lot of fish. And I, I tried a lot of different things, um, experimented with a lot of different things. And it was, um, it, it kind of, I kind of fell to this. You got to find yourself a really nice oily fish, but you should try it, man. It takes to the smoke like you cannot imagine. It takes to the smoke, uh, and it gets really, really flaky. Fork, so it looks um, great. It's amazing. It gets nice and flaky, and it's a it's a nice nice white fish, um, and it really takes to the smoke like crazy. So this is Kathy's favorite. This is her favorite thing. She uh, I cook. I it's expensive. I thought she would have been a meat and potatoes kind of girl. No, you know, which I think she is, but this is, this is her thing. Like I, when I, this is a labor of love because it takes two days because there's a brining process and then you got to let it sit and you want to build that, that pectin build up and then you put it in the smoker. So it's a labor of love. It yeah, only takes two days, love. right? Um, this smokes pretty quick though. Once you put it on the smoker, it's done in a couple of hours. It's the prep, it's the brining and you got to start a couple of days in advance. Um, by the way, if, any tip for anybody, if you want to make fish the way they make it in a restaurant, brine it. That's what they do to make it moist and tender and flaky. They all, they, they just- Not dry. It, so. Not dry. Yep. So so this is some, I'm making this up on the fly, brother, because I really don't have anything in mind. I didn't want to serve you this. I wanted to give but you- you're, But you're so good. This. It looks so pretty. Well, I'm trying. So we got, we got, what are these black bean chips? Those are, those are blue corn chips. Oh, blue corn and chips. This is going to be my take. See, on I was a, thinking Cuban. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be my take on, on a smoked- all right, so we got uh, we have sea the, bass uh, nacho, smoked sea bass on blue corn chip. Smoked sea bass nachos is what I'm going to do. So I'm going to put a couple of nice pieces of sea bass on here, and I'm going to let you try this sea bass on its own too, because it's just it's so good, dude. It's just uh, melts in your mouth. It's as you can see all I the told oil. Elias, our, our director, on the way over here, we can't eat a lot because we're going to eat a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so on top of this, this is something else I make that Kathy loves. This is fresh made mango salsa that I make. Mm. What's in the mango salsa? Mangoes, red pepper, red bell pepper, jalapenos, uh, some of the pickled red onions, and some cilantro. And that's it. All right. It's pretty basic, but it's got a real nice, it's got a kick to it from the, uh, from the jalapenos, but it's also got nice sweet from the mango. Probably making more than we need here, but we can always feed our cameraman, right? He looks yeah, like he's he, he, he likes looks like he's ready for something. So, okay, so a little bit of the ricotta cheese on top of it. Cilantro, cilantro. Try that. Grab one of those. Okay, here we go. Stick that in your face and see if it tastes good. If it doesn't, don't say anything. Absolutely delicious. That's good, right? No kidding, no BS. Yeah. Oh, geez, I forgot the most important part. I'm gonna put a little creme on top of it. And by the way, I made this just for you. No sour cream in there. No uh, mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, no sour cream in that. It's all right. I told you I would have still ate it for you. I know. 
Mm. Dude, that's delicious. The fish is the fish is what makes it right. That really is incredible. Thank you. I can make a meal out of that. Yeah, for sure. You got a little bit of a bite, but you can also get the sweetness of the the mangoes in there. And I loved it. Mm. So, I loved it. That's all my. I, I'm going to do this now. Yeah, it's so good. I'm going to steal this idea from you, and this or just so, come over and have you. Do and it. this is so easy on your smoker at home, dude. You will absolutely. It takes a lot of time because you got the brining, but that's just it's sitting in the fridge. Yeah, but that's you know, so you just that's that's part of cooking is that you right. do it right. Right. You, my, my dad always taught me that, especially when we were talking about smoking. Right. It's slow. It's a slow process. Right. The prep, to get everything ready, the smoking it right. It's slow. You cannot hurry. This. The best part about this, it's a bit like a brisket. So I do this and I'll do it early, like on a Sunday. We got some people coming over, but you don't exactly know what time people are coming. Two hours on the smoke, take it off, wrap it in some foil, wrap it in a towel, put it in a cooler, just like you would a brisket. And that sucker will sit there and you pull it out. And because of the brine, I mean, just here, just taste the fish. Yeah, it won't get dry. Because of the brine. See, look and you don't have it, and you don't have it on the side. Right. It's delicious. It is, right. You just taste the hint of smoke, and there's very little seasoning on that. What you're seeing on the outside is that char from the smoke, right? Very, very little seasoning on that. I don't put just a little salt and pepper. What did you like about two on hours it. on the smoker? About that. Yeah. About 250? 225. 225, 240, up and down, you know, depending on. And it, it takes about two hours, and that was a five pound loin. You put it straight on the smoker? Right. Yeah, just put a piece of tinfoil down, put it right on the smoker. Don't cover it. Just okay. straight down on the smoker. Um, and when you go to buy it, I get it from a fishmonger here in uh, just in uh, South Lake near where we live. <clears throat> get the loin piece. You know, a, a Chilean sea bass is a big fish, right? It's about yay big. Um, and the loin part of it, it's the belly of the fish. Is You know, you get a loin that's about that big and about that long. The tail piece is a lot thinner. Some people say the tailpiece is more moist, not when you brine it like this. Right. Um, but the tailpiece, not enough. Yeah, the meat big thing now smoke. is the tail of the cheek. Well, exactly. The 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 tailpiece is thin, so it cooks too fast. So it gets up to temperature too quick, no matter what temperature you put it at. So it doesn't really have that time to take on any of the smoke. You know, this will smoke for two hours. Oh, this is take on the smoke. That is delicious. Yeah. When did you see that you had a craving for cooking? When did this start? Was it young, or was it later in life? Um, a little bit later in life. Like I always knew I liked to cook. I liked to be around my mom when she was cooking. Um, the funniest thing is I don't cook for myself. Like I, I see does, a lot. Does of, this bring memories of your mom every time sure. you cook? For sure. There are things certain you do meals. that reminds you. Yeah, certain meals. She was what much more basic than I was. Like, like I do a lot of things that she does too. Like one of the things that that Kathy loves is you know I'll get home at six o'clock, seven o'clock. And it's like, should we order out? And I, I, I can, if there's, if there's a protein in the fridge, I can make something. And I got that from my mom. You know, we didn't have a lot of money as kids growing up. And, uh, you know, my parents had three kids <clears throat> back to back to back, you know, and I was a child of the eighties, seventies and the eighties. And there just, you know, wasn't a lot of money, uh, to go around. My dad, uh, worked hard all of his life, but you know, never <laughs> made a ton of money. And, uh, we never went out to eat. So we couldn't afford it ever. I think really the really first time I think I was in my 20s when I went out to a real restaurant. Um, we just never didn't go out to eat. I think of the kids today, you know, your kids, my kids. I mean, the yeah, lives that they have, the dude, it's so ridiculous I know. compared to what we had as growing up. But um, 
My mom was a master at just pulling some things together and it was like, wow. I mean, what she could do with a pork chop was like, <laughs> you know, um, and I kind of got that from her and I like that. I like, um, I like doing that kind of stuff, but I will tell you it's, there's two things I like about cooking. One is <clears throat> I think it does satisfy a sort of a love language for me. Like I don't cook for myself. Like I'm, if it's just me, Kathy was out of town last week, man, I door dashed three nights in a row. Because to me, cooking is just, a, it's a production. Like, I like to make a big deal out of it, and I like to cook for other people. That's what I enjoy, because I like to see people's looks on their faces when they enjoy what I've made. The other thing, too, is I'm a creative guy. I've always been a creative guy. I should have been in marketing. Um, it satisfies that creative side of me. Working on cars is the same way for me. You know, it's figuring things out. It satisfies that creative side. One of the things that Kathy jokes, I mean, she'll have friends come over, and they'll try something. And they'll, like, you know, what's in this? They'll try something and they'll say, hey, can you give me the recipe for this? Absolutely no a clue. Because I do everything by taste. I don't measure a thing. And it, I, I'll make five sauces and no two will come out the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. A little bit of that. Well, you know, then you could try to recreate. You go, wow, that was really great. You could try to recreate it. And we have somebody come over. We had some some friends over on, on uh, Labor Day on yesterday. And she was like, hey, you know, can, you know, can you give me the recipe for that? And Kathy laughed at her and said, he doesn't, remember, he doesn't even know what he put in it. Um, <laughs> But I like that, right? That's the yeah. creative thing for me, yeah. you know. So it's uh, so I enjoy that. So that's good. Cool, that's good. All, All right. right. What's next? Well, next is I am going to make us some steaks. All right, let's do it. All right, and this will be real quick because these have been sitting. So this is so these have been sitting room temperature. I'm not a steak master by any stretch of the imagination, but I have figured some things out along the way, some important things out along the way. Um, one of the biggest mistakes people make is two mistakes. One is what I'm doing right now. Um, you know, they put the steak in the pan wet. Mm -hmm. And that's a no-no because you want that sear, right? You want the pan super hot. So we're going to get my pan started here. You want the pan super, super hot. No oil in the pan because that just creates smoke. You want the steaks super dry, as dry as you can get them. And you want to make sure that they're at, at room temperature. So these are well into room temperature. So it's funny. I think what you're saying here is what I've said so many times when I go to some steak places that I can taste if the steak was frozen. It's terrible. Right? You can taste it too, can't you? Yeah, for sure. And yeah. You, you, you go in there and you and you realize when you, when you take a bite of it, you're like, no. Okay. And what I'm doing here is I'm just going to oil one side. Okay. And the reason I'm oiling one side is... Um, you know, I want the salt to stick to adhere to it, right? So, no pepper. I'm not a big pepper fan on my steaks. Oh, really? No pepper? No. Okay. I, I will finish it with some pepper okay. if, if somebody wants pepper. But just a little bit of salt. Get the pan up to temperature here. You want to get that pan hot. 400 degrees, you know. Get that thing smoking and... Uh, and what kind of steak so. is this? So... <clears throat> This is my favorite cut of steak. It don't look like much, but where do you taste it? So have you ever had a ribeye cap steak before? I have. Aren't they amazing? They're great. I uh, had never heard of them uh, about 15, maybe 20 years ago. Um, I uh, was at a Michael Mina restaurant in, uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I, um, it was on the menu and I didn't know what it was, but I ordered it. The, the, uh, the waiter said, you gotta try it. It's absolutely amazing. And you know what they do? I mean, they butcher a ribeye, right? They ruin a ribeye. You know, they take they yeah. take a rib roast 
and you've got the eye of the ribeye, and then you've got the rib right, of fat, right. and then you've got yeah. that real tender spot around the outside. Well, they cut it this way, yeah. and they create steaks out of it. That's why they're super thin. They say it's the, you know, this is the chef's steak, right? Because he saves this for himself, right? Because I know, I know some people may not agree with me when I say this, when I make this statement. I also think there's probably one of the closest steaks that we can get to Kobe's. Oh, it's for sure. Right? Because well, of the texture, the fat. It's a high right. degree of marbling, right? right? It's a high degree of marbling. And, um, I'm just going to, hopefully this doesn't kill your uh, sound here. I'm going to put that on low. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be smoking ourselves out here. <laughs> so, these cook fast, right? I mean, four or five minutes aside, flip it once, let it rest. That's the third thing. So the three things I tell people when they ask me all the time about steaks, right? Make sure this is room temperature. Make sure it's pat, pat it dry. Salt it before you put it in the pan or on the grill. Uh, and make sure you let it rest for at least five or 10 minutes before you serve it. You know that, and there's some debate about that on whether the juice is going to take you. Trust me. I, I, yeah. You put a hot steak on a plate and you cut into it, next thing you know, you got a plate full of blood, right? Yeah. You want that blood to come back into the center of the plate or the center of the meat. So that it's nice and moist. So, anyway, these will be done. And so, while we're waiting for the steak, let's do the easy question. So, okay. what's your favorite card? All time favorite card. David's all time favorite card. Well, I'm a Corvette guy, as you know. Uh -huh. um, but I don't like the new ones. That's the question I get asked all the time. Not a fan of the new ones. Which I think it's very common that the guys that like the old Stingray kind of look don't like the new Lamborghini kind of look. Yeah, it looks too much like a Ferrari to me. Yeah. But I, I'm a fan of the old C3s. So, yeah. so what's your favorite? Well, as you know, I have a 78 that I own um, that I'm I fully restored. Uh, but if I could find one, uh, 69 big block. 69 big block, big block Corvette. Four-speed Corvette. Preferably silver with if red interior. If you find it, you buy it. If I could find a silver one with red interior with low miles, I'd pretty much spend any. White silver with red interior. I just like that combination. So that was it is very that was one of my that was one of my first. I don't know if it was my first, but I remember it as one of my car, my toys growing up, was that Corvette silver red inside. Really, that's why I asked you that question. Yeah. Why that one? Because I it just immediately brought memories to me. It's such a great color combination, you know, and it's very Ferrari esque, you know, silver and red. Yeah, um, but I love that color combination, and you know. Uh, GM didn't make it very many, very many in that, you know, there wasn't many of that color combinations in a lot of their years. So, um, it's, um, but the 69 was sort of the last year of the, um, chrome bumpers, front and back, knockout window in the back, used to leak like a sieve. Um, my brother had one when we were kids and I loved it, I loved it then. That, that color? His was yellow. Okay. Uh, and the Corvette you've seen that I own now, 78. I tried to find a 69. Um, couldn't find one. Couldn't afford to find one. They, you could buy them, but they're way too a couple hundred grand to get a good one. Um, and I wasn't going to spend that. So I bought the 78 uh, in yellow. And I did it as a tribute to him. I don't know if you know this. My brother passed away very young. Uh, I don't know 21. Yeah. I was 22. He was 21. And we were very close as kids growing up. And uh, when I got bored one, one I think it was what, three years ago now, I said to Kathy, I said, I'm gonna get a Corvette to rebuild. Cause I, I had a bunch of cars yeah. around that I was always working on. I said, I'm gonna get a Corvette to rebuild. And um, 
I found this low mile 78 um, that was yellow. And I thought, you know, it's not a, it's not a 69 like he would be like he had, but it's close enough. Medium rare, right? Yep. Um, so I bought it. Fully restored it. Every nut and bolt. Took it apart. Yeah, framed up. Love the car. Love the car. And it's a full. I take it around to car shows, and I, I carry around a picture you know, of him, and I put it with the car as sort of a tribute. So I was going to tell you that everything we do in life is a memory of something. I think I really do believe that. The older I get, I think there are things that, that I have become or that I do, that have a reflection somehow somewhere. Mm-hmm. You're cooking has a piece of your mom. Yep. Your car has a piece of your brother. You, you know what I mean? For sure. The older we get, we have these things that whether we realize it or not, attach us to our life. Absolutely. You know? And it could be, you know, and some people may be bad or good or whatever, but I bet we're all attached to it. And family, too. You know, right? Right? I mean, right? it's all about family. I mean, it's, you know, as I get older, I find that um, family especially is even more important to me than ever before. About it, and you know, my family. I don't see my family very often, even though they're all back in Canada. But, uh, but not only, you know, your birth family, but your extended family that we have, and and we're your family. Well, exactly. You know, you, me, Sandy, Scott. You know, we become brothers, and are like brothers. And uh, I got to tell you, it's, I don't know about Scott. I'm concerned about. The Sandy part of it. Hang on, let's all put our. Oh no, he, this is not being broadcast. Look, we're going to get phone calls over that. We are going to get phone calls over that. He, you know him. So we got a big surprise for him coming up at the. Uh, this is the Burbank as you know. So, uh, hey, uh, got a couple more minutes to go, and we're done. What's your favorite place of all time to travel? Favorite place to go to? Well, that's an easy one. Okay, I love Italy. Okay. Um, my wife, Kathy's Italian. Um, I've been to Italy a bunch over the years for business primarily. Um, when we got together, I found out that her family was from Torino, from Turin, Northern Italy, which by the way, is my favorite part of Italy. I'll take that over Rome, Venice. I, I love that part of Italy. It's, it's a very industrial, but it has a very old feel to it. Yeah. I love the city. It's very historic, it's a birthplace to see it. Yeah. A great museum there, by the way, if you ever want to go and check out all the old theaters and whatnot that are there. And um, pull these off. Sit for a minute and turn the gas off here. Kill the sound here. Make it a little easier for our cameraman. Um, I found out that's where her family was. So we did a, she'd never been back, so never been there. So we did a pilgrimage there and did the whole. We toured all the cemeteries, found all of her ancestors and her relatives. And, but I just, I love Italy, uh, any part of Italy. I, I'm partial to France too, but Europe is my, you know, I'm, see, I'm not, you know this about me, dude. I'm not a beach guy. You know, yeah. instead beach or mountains, I pick the mountains all day long. You love sand. I hate sand. <laughs> <laughs> I hate sand. And our, our friend Sandy's going to be mad at me for saying that. He knows this. He knows this. When I visited him, that's our, you know, our good friend Sandy Sarami. When I visited him up in the Jersey Shore, which, by the way, we love, I'm going to do a tourism plug for the Jersey Shore. Okay. I'm going to make sure Scott Joseph gets called out on this. <laughs> okay, because he's an absolute snob when it comes to travel. <laughs> um, but it is one of the, the finest places you can visit. If you've never been to the Jersey Shore, don't let the Well, you know, Sandy, yeah. So you told me that, and Sandy told me that, that I my impression is wrong. You know, for, I need to go there. You do. All-American, wonderful place. 
So I need to go. You I do. need to go. You do, and I will tell you that. But but I agree with you on Italy. I would say that would probably you? Italy is one of the most beautiful places that yeah. I have for many reasons. I've I've enjoyed the people, the yeah. food. I love going to any place in Italy, Florence, Venice, Rome, and just going down an aisle and stopping at any restaurant. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible food, incredible conversation. It's just great. We had um, my company. Um, we don't anymore, but back when we first started it 10 years ago, we had a small office in Italy that was helping do some R&D and development Which is traction, stuff. right? It's traction, right? Mm -hmm. They were doing some R&D development stuff for us in Italy. Uh, and one of our partners, a gentleman there, and I would go a couple times a year and visit him. And I remember the first time I went, it wasn't much to see. It was like an old warehouse. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, at about, you know, one thirty, two o'clock, everybody just starts funneling over to the staircase and I'm just leaving, I guess. Um, they all said, come on, come on, come on, it's lunchtime. And we walked up the staircase onto the roof and he had a, on the roof of the building, he had a bunch of picnic tables and he would feed everybody almost every day. And I got to tell you something, it was the simplest of food, right? little fresh pasta with some pesto and i'm telling you something it's the best thing you've ever eaten i mean it just it is. doesn't taste anything I, I like what it listen i've made something as simple as spaghetti in a hole in the wall in venice and I, it was incredible it doesn't taste anything like it tastes here yeah no it's great you know, it's, the food is less processed and it's just and it's made fresh every day the bread the pastas the sauces i mean it's just it's absolutely spectacular i did like we went to a place in athens in greece that i did like as well uh restaurant wise where we went by the bay and they had the fresh fish you would go in there and whatever fish they caught that day that's what they served right with with rice um french fries and vegetables so you just sat down and whatever they whatever they caught that day that's what you ate it wasn't like you looked at a menu it was like come in sit down and here you go uh, that was good too. The food was good. The ambiance was good, and just that whole experience of you don't get to pick, right, is is great. All right, Fantastic. what do we have here? All right, so these are another thing that I make for Kathy that she loves. These are my roasted potatoes. I got a mixture of just you know regular yellow potatoes and some purple potatoes in here, and there's just a little bit of butter, not much, a little bit of butter, a little bit of olive oil, um, and some garlic and some. Um, and some salt and pepper and then i finish it this is the this is the sort of the piece that there is this dance they say i finish it with a little black truffle oil because that truffle oil, truffle this, oil makes everything nice. taste better right I'll just give it a little mix here and we're going to plate this whoops potato overboard and we're going to plate this and we're going to plate our salad because it's ready to go that looks great and we are going to eat all right let's get those plates together let's get these plates Thank you for listening to Wheels, Deals, and Meals, your main source for all things good and fun, business, food, and cars. If you like this episode, make sure to rate us and subscribe. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please leave a message at the link below. Till next time, happy eating.